Welcome, Cathedral of Faith. It's so great to be connected with you guys this weekend. Happy Palm Sunday weekend, everybody. This is where we celebrate the, the, whole, the, the Holy Week of Christ of when he entered into the city when they shouted Hosanna in the highest, but then it was also a road that led to the cross. But it was also a, lo- a, a road that led to the promise and to the hope of resurrection. And uh, we just want to pray and believe that for you guys. And that was a week that was filled with uh, a lot of different emotions for Christ. And it's a lot like kind of our experience in the world today. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of difficulty. But I pray that there's a lot of hope that's rising in your situation. And we want to pray and believe that for you. And just like when they uh, waved the palm branches in the air uh, when Christ entered into their situation, Uh, You may not have a palm branch in your home right now, but maybe you have this palm right here. And maybe we just could just lift that up together toward the heavens and just call upon the name of the Lord. Lord, Father, we thank you for your willingness to take this road, your willingness to go through unimaginable pain and suffering that we might have the hope of life and glory. I pray, God, that this hope would be our anchor, that it would be our strength, it would be our sustenance this week. I pray, Lord God, that even in this moment of worship and thanksgiving, hearing the words and hearing the scriptures, I pray, Lord God, that the hope of resurrection would arise in every home, arise in every heart, and arise in every family. We love you, Father. We place our hope and trust in you. And in this moment of worship, we exalt your name and we shout Hosanna in the highest. And all of God's people shouted here, amen and amen. We love you, Cathedral. Let's worship the Lord together.
Hosanna, Hosanna, the Lord is our strength and our song. When we sing to him, we receive strength. What a powerful prayer we just sang together. In fact, I want to go through those words with you one more time. It says, heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. And Lord, right now I pray that you would heal our hearts and make them clean. You know what each one of us are facing, but we thank you that we're not responsible for the circumstances that we're in, but we know that you do make us responsible for the way we allow them to affect us. They can get on top of us or they can transform us into what you want us to be. And I pray that for each of us. Heal us, strengthen us in our circumstances that we would become more like you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, welcome to the praise zone. Welcome to the hallelujah zone, the hosanna zone. Welcome to Cathedral of Faith. Welcome to the family of God. It's so great to have you here with us. And here to give some family updates is Holy Jolie. <laughs> well, hello, Cathedral fam. It is always good times and great vibes worshiping our God with you. Now, speaking of great vibes, Holy Week here at Cathedral is always something special because it's when we get to celebrate the greatest love story ever told. Now, many of you have been asking some great questions because you want to celebrate the risen king with us. And that question has been, when are we going to have Good Friday services and Easter services? Well, I am super excited to announce to you this weekend that our service times for Good Friday are 12 o'clock noon. That'll be online and on site. If you're going to join us online, please remember to prepare your elements in advance so that you can take communion with us. And if you're available, we'd love to have you here on campus so that we can take communion together and worship God together. Then, right after Good Friday services, heading into Easter weekend, we have our services on Saturday at 5 o'clock and on Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.45. We are better together. And here at Cathedral of Faith, when we think of the uh, Easter Sunday, we think of Super Bowl Sunday, right? Now, when the world thinks about Super Bowl Sunday, they think about, you know, we don't know which team is going to win. But we know here that Jesus has already 
won the victory. And we want you to celebrate that victory with us. So please spread the word to everyone that you know for them to attend our online services, of course, on-site services, or we have one more opportunity to share. You see, for years, my sister invited me to Cathedral of Faith Easter production. And for years, I said no. Now, obviously, at some point, I said yes, because voila. (laughs) But here's the thing. Who would have known, only God knows, actually, if I would have said yes earlier, if there was one more opportunity, an opportunity for her to say, hey, if you can't join us online or you can't join us in person, maybe you can tune into this TV program where you can hear a powerful message. My sister didn't have that opportunity, but you do. We have the privilege of hosting a CBS Easter special at 9 o'clock on Easter Sunday. And we are believing that thousands are going to come to know Christ through this program, where you can expect uplifting messages, testimonies from special guests, and of course, inspiring devotionals from Mr. Great Days Ahead himself. Please don't give up on inviting your friends and your family, because I am a living testimony to that invite does not go wasted. I love you, Cathedral fam, and I cannot wait to celebrate the risen Savior with you. Dr. Wayne? Where's Dr. Wayne? Oh. Hey, Jolie, sorry. Hey, what a crazy year this has been. We had social distancing, sheltering in place, no in-person services, and I even ran a 10K, the turkey trot, virtually. So grateful for our own church family members, Leslie and Car Gardino, who founded this race. And this year, though, nobody was running on Thanksgiving morning. I ran with uh, some doctors and some elected officials, and I felt really safe. How many of you are glad that we can meet back in person? We hope you'll join us soon. Amen. Let's give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness. How fun. Well, I want to go back to that prayer that we mentioned earlier. The prayer that we prayed when we sang... Here's what it says, open up my eyes to the things unseen. That's one of the things I love so much about Cathedral of Faith. We have such amazing leadership. Pastor Ken and the team led us so well that when the pandemic hit, what we did is we asked God to open up our eyes to the things unseen. Part of that was caring for our community through reaching out. But part of it was also the creative ways that we continued to touch our community. You know, what happened in that time is Pastor Ken really taught us, what do you do when trouble comes your way? I know a lot of churches, all they did during this time was whine about how they couldn't meet, complain about the government. And to be quite honest, that's not what you do when things don't go well. What you do is you step up and you do what you can do. And I'm so grateful for all the opportunities that we were on TV, we were online. We had all kinds of stepping up, of reaching out and touching our community. We had the wrap to help you feel part of the community. We had so many great things happen. And that's what should be taking place when difficult times come. That God opens up our eyes to things unseen. That prayer goes on to say this. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Again, during this time, Cathedral was physically responsible with distancing and protocols. We were spiritually responsible in touching our community, but also we're very fiscally responsible. I'm so grateful that for 
many, many years now. Cathedral's been debt-free, and we were led so well during this time that we're still able to minister and make a difference because God has been with us. And you can be part of making a difference in this moment by bringing your tithes and offerings. You can go to our app. You can go online. You can text to the number on the screen. All these are great ways that you can be part of being responsible as well during this time. You can also write out a check and mail it to us or drop it by the church office. We're so grateful for what God has done. I want to take one more minute to piggyback on something that Jolie shared with you. I hear and read sometimes that people need to hear things six times before they get it. This is the second one. Hopefully you'll get it even more later on. There are people in your life, in your family, in your workplace, in your community, people who are just one step away from God changing their life. A lot of people had a whole lot of things happen this year. And who knows, the one step between where they are and them having victory could be you inviting them. And I'm doing this because I just want you to bow your heads right now. And I just want to pray, Lord, speak to every one of us. Put a name in our heart. Maybe it's somebody we've invited many, many times. Maybe it's somebody who said they would never show up in a church. But Lord, put a name on our heart right now that we could call or text or email or even pick up and bring to services. We know that they're just one step away from you doing a miracle in their life. Help us be part of that miracle. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm so grateful for the power of God's great name. your name it's something we cannot explain that happens when we proclaim your great name your great name we love to call your name it's something we cannot explain that happens when we proclaim your
Hello, Cathedral family and friends. We're in a series called Soundtrack, What Would Jesus Stream? The music Jesus would listen to was the book of Psalms. It's what he would meditate on. It was in him. It was about him. And you find it scattered throughout his story, especially during Holy Week. And Holy Week starts with the triumphal entry. Have you ever been to a parade? Recently, we were taping a segment for the television show up in Oakland. And I asked one of our team if she had ever been to the city. And she said she had. She had been there for the parade. And I knew exactly what she was talking about. 
that when the Warriors won the championship, they had their own version of the triumphal entry. A million and a half people showed up, packed together like sardines. And wow, even if you weren't there, you can tell from the picture the energy. You could have cut through it with a knife. And today we look at the most famous parade in human history, the triumphal entry of Jesus. You find this story in all four of the Gospels. And we know from history there were actually two triumphal entries that happened around the same time. The first would have been the Roman army. They would have marched into the city during Passover with Pilate as the governor leading the parade to make sure everybody knew who was in charge. And then, of course, there's Jesus. And I wonder, if you lived back in that day and you saw these two people and you wondered, well, whose power would outlast the other? Would it be the power of the Roman Empire or the power of Jesus? Would anybody have chosen Jesus? And yet today, the power of Jesus is still changing lives. Here is the triumphal entry. Peace, Barabbas. As we enter Holy Week, think with me about the power of that triumphal entry and what it means to us today. First of all, we see the power of the claim he makes that he is the king that the world had been waiting for. A while back, People Magazine ran a story called, Does Hollywood Have Faith? And in it, they interviewed an actress by the name of Patricia Heaton. And she said something about Jesus that was striking. She said, I think Jesus is a scary subject. God, you can make into anything you want. 
But confronted with Jesus, you have to say, I believe that or I don't. And she makes a very good point. When you look at Jesus and you consider the claims that he makes, you have to ask yourself, well, do I believe that or do I not? And today, during the triumphal entry, when Jesus rides that donkey into Jerusalem, he's making one of those radical claims. Hundreds of years earlier, a prophet had predicted that a very special king would come into the world. And when that king came into the world, you would know who he is because he would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And so when Jesus gets the donkey and he uh, climbs on the donkey and he rides that donkey into the city, this is not a random act. This is the only place we find Jesus riding anything anywhere. He's making a claim. Before now, he had kind of kept things quiet. But now, in front of everybody, he wants you to tweet it out. He's making the claim that he is the king that the world had been waiting for. In Matthew chapter 21, we read, this took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble Riding on a donkey. Circle the words fulfill the prophecy. Did you know that Jesus fulfilled 48 different prophecies? Many of those are found in the book of Psalms. In Psalm 41 we read, Even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. That's what happens to Jesus. In Psalm 22, we read, they pierce my hands and my feet. That is what happens to Jesus. In Psalm 69, we read, they put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. That is what happens to Jesus. 48 different prophecies. What are the odds that one man in human history could fulfill 48 different prophecies? Prophecies? Well, the odds of getting audited by the IRS are 160 to 1. I don't want to beat those odds. The odds of living to 100 are 1 in 1,000. I'd like to beat those odds. The odds of getting a hole in one on the golf course, those are 5,000 to 1. And my son-in-law recently beat those odds. The odds of you getting struck by lightning is one in a million. The odds of you winning the lottery are one in 18 million. So I think we got a chance. <laughs> what are the odds that one man in human history could fulfill 48 different prophecies? The odds are one in a trillion, trillion, trillion. Trillion, 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 trillion. I don't know about you, but that makes my head hurt. And that's why Jesus was the only one. No one beat the odds before him. No one has beat the odds since him. He was the only one to fulfill those predictions that he was the king. That the world had been waiting for. Oh wait a second. Time out Ken. Time out. 
I mean, Jesus arranged for this one prophecy to happen. Couldn't he have arranged for other prophecies to happen? Well, you're right. You know, some of those other 47, he could arrange and he did arrange for them to take place. But there were some things he could just not arrange. Take, for example, the fact that the soldiers would cast lots, gambling for his garments. Well, he couldn't arrange that. And yet we read in Psalm 22, they divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. And that's what happens to Jesus. Jesus fulfilled those prophecies. He's the only one to do it because he is the king that the world had been waiting for. But let me ask you a question. What do you say to that claim? Will you recognize him as king? Will you let him be the king over your life? I saw this one uh, picture and it says, every man has this look when his wife is driving. <laughs> Hello. I, I've got to admit, when, when my wife and I are in a car, usually I'm the one who has the keys. I'm the one behind the wheel. That I'm the one who chooses the speed. I'm the one who chooses the route. And when I hand those keys over to my wife, just being real. Well, that's not an easy thing to do. Because when I slide over to the passenger seat and she's in the driver's seat, I'm no longer in control. And that's what happens when we recognize Jesus as our king. That we hand the keys to him. Again, just being real. You and I, we like to be in control. We want Jesus in the car with us. He can be right there in the passenger seat just in case something shows up and we need him. But to hand those keys over to him, oh, it's a scary thing to do. And yet, what if today all of us took that big, bold step of faith and we let Jesus take the wheel? We slide over to the passenger seat. And now he is in charge. He's in charge of our time, our talent, our resources. He chooses the route. He chooses the speed. It's not my will, but his will. Would you do that today? Would you recognize Jesus as your king and let him take the wheel. Well, next we see the power of the purpose that Jesus has for our life. That what Jesus does is he raises our aim. In John chapter 12, we read, they took branches from palm trees and went out to meet him. They shouted, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Again, this is a quote right from the Psalms. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. How about if we get 
interactive for just a moment. Wherever you're watching from, even if you're right there in the coffee shop, on the count of three, let's raise a ruckus and shout Hosanna. Are you ready? One, two, three. Hosanna! Well, I could hear that coming through the internet. The word Hosanna literally means save us. And when the crowd cried, Hosanna, save us, they were thinking primarily of the politics of that day. You saw it in the clip. They wanted to be saved from Roman oppression, from Roman occupation. So when they cried, save us, they were thinking primarily of the politics and of the Romans. There was nothing bad about that. But what Jesus does is he takes that saving to a whole different level. They want to be saved from the Romans, but Jesus is going to save them from their sin. They want to be saved from political forces, but Jesus is going to save them from spiritual forces. They want to be saved with a, a temporary victory, but Jesus is going to save them with an eternal victory. They wanted to be saved, a small group to be saved. But Jesus is going to save, he wants to save the entire world. And that's the kind of God that we serve. See, we have one plan, he has a, a better plan. We have one idea, he has a better idea. We have one dream, he has a better dream. I'm aiming at the fence post and God raises my aim. And has me shoot for the stars. Where does God want to raise your aim? I'm aiming at the calf and God raises my aim. And he gives me the fatted calf. I'm aiming for peace and God raises my aim. And then gives me peace that passes all understanding. I'm aiming for joy and then God raises my aim. And gives me joy unspeakable. It's full of glory. I'm aiming for life and God raises my aim and gives me real and eternal life, more and better life than I've ever dreamed of. I'm aiming for what I can imagine and then God raises my aim and gives me more than I could ever ask or imagine. Where does God want to raise your aim today? Maybe it's aiming for more than success. Instead, it's aiming for significance. Boy, here in the Silicon Valley, we know how to aim for success. I found this one picture of a guy that says success because you too can own this face of pure accomplishment. This is the picture of the Silicon Valley. We know how to aim for success. We're success driven and we go after success and we achieve success and there's nothing wrong with success. But what if God wants to raise our aim from success to significance? Let me show you a picture of significance. It's one of our church family. Leslie Gardino, she's a remarkable woman, a mom, a wife, and she's a rock star in the South Bay. She recently received an award 
from local and state officials. They gave her the Woman of the Year Award because they recognized not only has she been a success, but they recognized how she has served our community. And that's what takes you from good to great. Not only the eyes of people, but in the eyes of God. And what could be more significant than that? Way to go, Leslie. Where does God want to raise your aim? From surviving to thriving? From getting to giving? From success to significance? God takes our aim to a whole new level and gives us more life than we could have ever dreamed of. See, there's power in this triumphal entry. Finally, I want you to think with me about the power of the praise he receives, that he deserves the very best. He really does. I, I found this video where kids are, are praising God, and is there anything cuter than what you see here? Well, is there anything cuter than that? Kids who are praising God. Here's another picture I, I found. It said, I give you all the praise. And we do. Human beings have been hardwired for praise. And that's why, well, everywhere we go, when we go to the ballpark and we see a great game, or we go to the theater and we see a great performance, or we go to a concert and we see, we see a, a great uh, music. Or we go to a restaurant and we have some great food. I, I found another picture of a, a child. It said, my daughter just tried pizza for the very first time. Well, I can identify with that. See, there's something about human beings. We've been hardwired for praise, created for praise. In fact, praise completes the experience that we have. And when we take our praise and we direct it toward God, the greatest of all, the king of the universe, what could be more appropriate than that? That's what's happening as Jesus comes into the city. We read in Luke chapter 19. That the whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they had witnessed. Enthusiastic praise. They have their praise on. Of course, the religious leaders, they're not praising. Instead, they're pouting. In fact, we read in Luke chapter 19, it says, Teacher, get your disciples under control. But he said, if they keep quiet, the stones would do it for them. 
shouting praise. The praise was so right for that moment. If they didn't have their praise on, the nature would react. Wow, I would have loved to have seen that. Can you imagine? I mean, the rocks crying out. Rock and roll praise. Rolling stone praise. Well, the rocks begin to shake, rattle, and roll, and you end up with an earthquake on your hands. Praise was so right for that moment. And it's so right for this moment. As we walk through Holy Week to give praise to our King, to put our praise on. In fact, I'm going to issue another seven-day challenge. Join me for the next seven days. Put your praise on every day. Boy, let the Psalms be your praise book. Let Psalm 103 be your praise chapter. Read this out loud. Psalm 103 verses 1 through 5 reads, Praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And the psalm continues like that. Would you join me this week? Put your praise on. Give him the very best that we have. He deserves it. And here's what you'll discover. As we're giving praise to our king, we're also silencing our enemy. It's interesting because this praise continues. Jesus goes up into the temple and the kids there are praising. They're praising Jesus. And the religious leaders once again, well, these kids are disturbing church. They're disturbing the temple and they're saying all this about you, Jesus. Shut them up. And Jesus says this. He quotes from the Psalms. Haven't you ever read about it in scripture? It says, Lord, you have made sure that children and infants praise you. And the full verse that Jesus is quoting from in Psalm 8-2 reads this way. You made sure that children and infants praise you. And their praise is a wall that stops the talk of your enemies. Praise is a weapon. A weapon of spiritual warfare. And maybe that's what you need right now. You need a spiritual weapon because you're involved in a spiritual battle. That last year, the enemy, whoa, it was such a hard year for you. Hard year. And then the enemy has just been talking trash to you. And then the enemy is saying, you need to give up. You need to throw in the towel. There's no way you're going to bounce back from what's happened. But when you Put your praise on. That has a way of silencing the enemy. When you put your praise on, 
that nothing is going to take away your song. The enemy may take away your business. He may take away your, your bank account. He may take away your health, but nothing that happens is going to take away your song. That right there has a way of silencing the enemy. So put your praise on because this is how we fight our battles. And here comes Jessica with one of the numbers on our new worship CD. This is how we fight our battles. Put your praise on.
I hope you have your praise on. Thanks again for joining us for this triumphal entry weekend. And well, I hope to see you online all week long as we celebrate uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and what it means for us. If you need prayer, please reach out to us. We'd love to pray with you and for you. And don't forget, right after uh, this service is the wrap. It's a great way to take the message further and deeper. Let me speak God's blessing on you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And I pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yo, Cathedral of Faith, come on in. It's time for the wrap. We are wrapping up this soundtrack sermon. Uh, Pastor Ken, happy Palm Sunday weekend, everybody. Right? The beginning of Holy Week. And it's a special time. We have uh, Sarah and Joseph joining us on the wrap. They're... For those of you who may not recognize their faces or names, they are heavily involved in everything that's going on at Cathedral, just maybe on the other side of the cameras. Uh, But you're certainly uh, a super relevant and important part of our community. We thank you for being here. I'd like to open it up to you, Sarah, to see what you heard uh, from Pastor Ken's sermon today. Well, one thing that connected with me was what he was saying about giving his wife the keys to the car, because <laughs> my favorite thing to do is drive. Like, mm. I love to do that, to go anywhere, mm-hmm. but one thing I'm not good at is letting someone else do it for yeah. me. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, because I am such a person that likes to be in control or, mm. like, have a schedule and know what's happening, yeah. um, but I just have to, like, trust in God that he can take the reins for once, you know? Yeah. So that's something that I've really been working on. Wow. Yeah. I love that point, Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Because it super resonated with me, but in a different way, because I don't like to drive. I always have my husband drive me, but I only drive, I only offer to drive if I know where we're going and I've been there before. And I feel like I do that with God too. Like, hell God, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I've been here before. I'm doing the same thing. We're good. Until... Until there's something like that, I really, I have no idea. Then I'm like, oh, God, God, come come here. Like, I need help. I need help, God. And I feel like that's terrible. Like, I should be, as, as Pastor Ken said, to praising God in all aspects, not just when I need him or when something really great happens. So <laughs> that hit me in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think for all of us, right, it's like I think life is always this balance and tension of control and, and surrender, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. We want to control because it makes us feel like we have control. But the truth and reality is in the greater context, we have little to no control, yeah, right? Yeah. That's a hard thing. So, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joseph, how about you? What stuck out to you? No, what you just said that about having control, <laughs> I gave that up a long time ago. Yeah. I don't have control. Wisdom. Yeah, that's that's wisdom. That's from experience, that's right? You just, like, just sit in that seat and drive all you want. Mm-hmm. Here, take the brake off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can drive all you want to, especially now. During all the stuff we've been going through, goodness. I mean, I need somebody else to drive. Yeah, yeah. Because I got too many things to worry about. Taxes, paying my bills, and everything else, you know. craziness in the world, yeah. exactly. You know, I saw, it reminds me, I saw a meme floating around uh, social media a couple weeks ago about how Jesus taking the wheel, and it says, says some of y'all, Jesus needs to pull this car over and smack somebody. (laughs) 
get that you with the parents. You know, you ever had that? That's a, that's an old thing. <laughs> there was times when I was young. Don't make me don't pull this how, car over. I don't know how my, my mother did it. I was sitting dead behind her. She managed to. <laughs> you know? still, dr still drive, it, stay in the lane, and still get back my, there? My poor sister's head would hit me because I think she would hit her head and ricochet off mine. It's like, oh, no, that's, yeah, that's old school. That's, that's definitely old school. <laughs> you were sharing something about, like, success and significance about a trip that you take. Mm -hmm. Small, brief one. I know this has a little to do with the message itself, but Jesus, how he works, I'm gonna say. Mm -hmm. I went to Africa for the church many years ago before mm -hmm. they started the thing in um, Mozambique. And we were supposed to help them. Mm -hmm. yeah. I came back and they asked, they said, how did it go? How can we help them? I was a little embarrassed because I'm kind of going, I think they helped me more. Mm -hmm then I helped them. Mm. I learned kindness, courtesy. They had nothing, mm. and they would give it to you. Mm. They had, it was just the opposite, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Really, I know that didn't have to do with the message, but it, sometimes you just let, Yeah. going back again, Jesus take the will. Yeah, yeah. You get a lot yeah. of stuff. You really do. Yeah, he raises our aim. Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the sermon, yeah. actually, mm -hmm. because, you know, he, he talked, brought up uh, our friend Leslie, mm -hmm. who, uh, who won the Woman of the Year, but how she served served the community so well in, 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 the, in the Bay Area that, you know, it's her servanthood became significance. Yeah. You know, it's like kind of the mystery of the kingdom values, right? Like how Jesus said, if you want to be great, this kingdom, you, you'll be the servant. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to be the leader. It's going to be the servant. Mm -hmm. That's how you become great in the kingdom. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah, and I think... Those, those types of blessings come into our life when we take that, that role of servanthood, you know, to say, hey, what can I do to help you? And then you end up receiving more than you actually even give. It's, mm -hmm. it's God's kingdom. Absolutely. Um, two things for one was raise your aim. I just thought about God, God, that question that Pastor Ken asked, where is God asking you personally to raise your aim? And so a lot of things popped into my mind. And I think I'm going to put those into prayer this week and really say, okay, what is the action point? Instead of just believing, yeah, I want to believe for more. What is the action point that I can actually put into play this week? Um, would be one thing. And then uh, the second thing was the worship thing about how praise silences your enemies. Mm. And I feel like it's a great reminder for all of us, but for me to be like, you have a weapon, Irene. Use it more often. Not just it's worship time, but like something's going wrong or something, pull over or put your hands up or just open your mouth and say, Jesus, you know, just worship. So I really love that point and take it to heart this week. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he ended in through to the song from Live in the Round, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember uh, on that night, on that song, uh, Aaron Lindsay kind of took the rest of the song and took us into a whole different space. If you have, it's on the album, so like go get the album, you can yeah. hear this. But he actually talks about how the importance of corporate worship mm -hmm. and how like in some, some like you, he talked about the, uh, the Paul and Silas moment, that when they broke, uh, when they, everybody's chains fell off. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't just Paul and Silas that got free, yeah. it was those who were with them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, the breakthrough that we need or maybe in someone else's mm -hmm. ability to kind of 
touch the other side. Yeah, like know. the raising of the aim where we, he, we thought he was just saving a group, Hosanna, save mm. us, but he saved the world. Mm. And how we're like, God, help us in this life, but yet he's helping us for eternity. Yeah. And how the kingdom of God is so opposite. It's always yeah. more than we could ever ask or imagine. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes when I when we do aim for more with God mm -hmm. and he does give you what you asked for, you know, mm -hmm. he, he's supplying the blessings, you're so overwhelmed and that's when the enemy can come in and say like, and you can get so overwhelmed with everything, but then you have to stop and what Pastor Ken said, just praise his name, mm -hmm. praise him for what he's given mm -hmm. you and the blessings that he has supplied with because that's what you prayed for as well. And it brought back, like when he talked about the understanding the passage contextually with the, how they wanted a political savior, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, man, like, I think some of us probably want a political savior too. <laughs> <laughs> I know in this election, I was like, Jesus, please, like, take please take <laughs> office. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, but it's like, it, again, it's looking, I think too, like even in our political tension and even in the trouble, it's like, we have to aim higher, mm -hmm. aim higher. You're like, yes, we want, we want to see progress in our country. We, of course we want to see progress in these issues that are mm -hmm. all around us and they seem like they never leave us. Mm -hmm. But uh, we always get that reminder when we go to the word of God, aim higher, yeah. aim higher. Your answer's higher. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I, I just appreciated that in this message today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, our scripture for today is Psalms 118.26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. And I think what's so beautiful about that is he has come for each and every one of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Sarah and Joseph, we love you guys. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for serving you our community. Like what's just, again, just like if you were to take away one thing into the week this week from this sermon. I know I'm throwing you on the spot. <laughs> And I, I love that look when I see those, those eyes. <laughs> but just, just putting, you know, how, how can you move through Holy Week into Easter Resurrection Weekend? What, what is some of the things that are on your heart that you're moving in? I mean, like, even in the stress of Easter and Holy Week and everything, just Jesus, take the wheel. Like, yes. whatever happens, it's for him, and we just got to go with it. Take the wheel. Yep. Love it. Like, awesome. Sir Joseph? I'm going to go with praise. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's because when you don't have words, mm -hmm. mm, mm. Mm. the best thing to do is throw your hands up. Yeah. That's so Amen. good. Yeah. That's, That's so good. That's yeah. great. That's so, so powerful. So you mm. Yeah. There you go, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I, and I know Jesus has said it somewhere. He always says yeah. everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you don't know what to ask, I think my father said this too, just grunt. Mm. I know that I know I'm not trying to, you know, demean anybody. Yeah, I hear that, you. That was the old Baptist way. I hear just you. Just moan my name. The and I'm, yeah, groanings of just, the heart. That's it, yeah, yes. yeah. But yeah, praise. Inner I'm, groanings. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna stick with the praise. And that's a, it's another good way too. Like if you're driving and you just raise your hands and praise, somebody's gonna have to take the wheel, right? <laughs> Jesus already. Jesus is gonna take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> my hands are gonna be up. Jesus is driving, so I'm right. good. <laughs> don't try that on oh, yeah, don't try that while you you're driving. Don't try that. Yeah, but Cathedral of Faith, we love you. Thank you so much. Hey, please try to get out to the campus at some point uh, whenever you feel comfortable, but maybe even uh, take take a, a time to go around the stations that are, have been put out. They're so powerful, and they've been put there for you to experience. And please come out and celebrate. And uh, at, above all things, we have a hope in Jesus Christ, yeah. this resurrection that we celebrate 
is each and every one of ours. So he is risen. And so we love you guys. Stay connected to Cathedral of Faith. And we love you. And as always, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap.